you're on. <laughs> Hello, friends. Welcome to Ill Natured. This is Michelle. And I'm Alyssa. Alyssa has a case for us today. I'm very anxious to hear it. Guys, I'm real excited to hear this case. So, yeah, well, trigger warning. I'm just going to give you that because it's a child. So Already? Oh, well, Alyssa. I know it's the last one I'm doing for a long time. I promise. I promise. Well, actually, roll. I like this. I think the next one has You have been on a roll. Okay, well, today, just this is a case that has completely ruined my childhood. So now I have to share my misery with all of you oh. my lovely friends so this is a case i happened to actually stumble upon while i was scrolling on the facebook and was a last minute decision to cover um today's going to be the very sad the very bleak murder of the 10 year old actress judith barcy Aww. and if you were like me before researching the case you didn't recognize her name like no. yeah you have no idea who she I is i love the spontaneous ones i always get real excited when i find one and i just go for it well like i said it's horrible but when yeah. i tell you some of the popular things that she was in um yeah. you'll definitely know and then you'll want to rip your heart out Aww, so before we up. can talk about the super cute little girl and her acting career and unfortunately her eventual death we must talk about the parents and how she got here right so first we're going to talk about the villain of our story joseph barcy is that her father yes stop it mm -hmm. all of his backstory is based off of a wiki site so take this how you may right, right, right. but it doesn't really seem too far-fetched so there might be a little lies sprinkled in not all the complete well, truths but it's gonna hold you to it thank you, you know, as long as we get the this general is, idea this is all i could find on him at all so yeah yep. um i am going to give you a quick history lesson though so um he was growing up during world war ii and i did loving about learning about the wars when i was in school it fascinated me mm -hmm. so i did dig a little deeper into this background but it's fine we're fine okay so joseph was born in hungary Hungary? Hungary. How do you say Hungary. it? Hungary. 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 <laughs> Hungary. I don't know, Alyssa. I've never really said him. Well, he was born there in 1932. Mm -hmm. And it was ruled by a man known as Admiral Miklos 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 Horthy. Um, Ooh, that's an interesting name there. Yeah, so during this time he had been labeled as a fascist and his foreign policy led Hungary into an alliance with Nazi Germany against the Soviet Union. All right. Well, yeah, that's all we need to know about these fools. So um, they supported the invasion of the Soviet Union by the Axis uh -huh. in 1941. Mm -hmm. And now, um, like I said, we're in world war ii so i'm going to brush y'all up on your different sides of the just, wars i just whenever we were recovering from the stomach virus we'll head on this horrible documentary <laughs> oh it's world war ii in color have you seen that on netflix <laughs> no it was brutal y'all and i was just like why am i watching this i already felt horrible and then i watched it and i mean yikes wow. history nazis that just fascinates me too yeah it's I'm, bananas oh i'm gonna do all right sorry sorry real quick real quick there's there's at least one 
psychotic woman that was behind the scenes in Nazi Germany, like was married to a Gestapo officer and she was a sadist. So I'm going there to. There was a doctor at like Auschwitz or something too that was cuckoo nut balls. Yeah, yeah. Cuckoo nut balls. A nut nut coconut. So I'm going to, I'm going to go into that at some point. I've started reading about the Holocaust when I was in like the fifth grade. I oh was yeah, obsessed. me too. It was like it's like the beginning how? of my true crime. I like, think it mine too. Yes, like, honestly, Alyssa. oh my gosh, how did I just like now discover that? Me at too. Years old. Like oh. I was reading some pretty rough books. Me too. I remember like thinking like how does a whole country just like yeah like how is one person just selected out and like murdered in front of everybody? Like it just is like whoa, like it's bananas. Like it makes my head want to explode. So anyway, to come, I'm eventually going to cover. I don't remember that woman's name, but well, some of the crazies from Nazi Germany. If you're not like us and crazy about the World War II, apparently, um, I'm going to tell you the different sides of the war. So we had the Axis powers, the bad guys um, that consisted of Germany, Japan, and Italy. These were the, their main. Yep. Uh, they had supporting countries um, that were basically allies to the Axis powers, and these were Mo Romania, Bulgaria, Slovakia, Croatia, and mm -hmm. Hungary. Um, and the Allied forces were led by, you know, the United States, mm -hmm. Great Britain, and the Soviet Union. And German forces occupied Hungary at this time, and even after they lost a ton of their military forces, they continued to fight with the Axis powers until the entire country was taken over by Germany. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So, also in 1941, Hungarian authorities were involved in the persecution of Jews on several occasions before the German occupied the country in 1944. So, they were a part of the Holocaust without even being completely controlled by well what Hitler. I didn't realize that I learned in this documentary there were lots of countries in Europe that didn't like Jewish people yeah and it was all like started with and it like, came Adolf to a Hitler, point yeah. where a lot of them were like oh yeah that's too far but some of them didn't even say like I've never once wanted to persecute a group of people just because who they were but apparently that was a thing with Jewish wow. people. Yeah. All over. Sorry. Well, it says that during this time, more than 20,000 Jews were deported to German-occupied, like, German. Uh, uh. They were deported to Ukraine, which was occupied by the Germans and Nazis at the time. And they were taken there by Hungarian authorities in the summer of 41. Mm. With full knowledge of the fate that awaited them, knowing they were going in concentration camps, they were going to be murdered, separated, starved, you know. Yeah. All the bad things that they did to these innocent people. Um, so in January of 1942, nearly 1,000 Jews were murdered by the Hungarian military. And so this was all at the beginning of Joseph's life. His home country that he lived in seemed to be the most toxic place, ruled by a dictator, oh. surrounded by murder, racism, mm. all anti-Semitism, all the things. So, it was just a lot, yeah, you know, to grow up in. I mean, formative years. Wow, yeah. you know, so. He was also born during the industrial time, and a year after his birth, poverty levels were rising, so it was very grungy. Yep. <laughs> um, and he was also the illegitimate child, and he never knew his father, mm. which apparently Bullshit. caused him to be an outcast and was bullied by other children. Oh, that's sad. 
And it said that even teachers from his school, like, would kind of pick on him. Mm. Yeah. And later on, it was speculated that Joseph hated his mom for allowing, air quotes, his dad to leave and considered all women whores. Boo. Joseph fled Hungary after the Soviet Union invaded the country in 1956. Mm-hmm. So that's when Joseph ended up in France and he met a nice lady named Clara or Clara mm-hmm. who also happened to have fled Hungary and they married. And they had two children. Two children. They had two children and a son named Barna and a daughter named Aggie. Joseph wouldn't handle family life long, as we see way too freaking often in cases like this. Mm. And he turned to drinking, um, which turned into a problem. Yeah. And Mm. his drinking made him bitter and hateful, and he started abusing Clara. Um, The family did pick up a move to New York in 1964, and this is when he starts abusing Barna when he was about seven years old, his son. I mean, it took Clara five years, but she finally did get the courage to up and move to Arizona with the children and leave Joseph. Uh, They actually tried to reconcile their relationship, but that ended pretty quickly because Joseph threw a cast iron skillet at her once when he was drunk. She filed for divorce and just Joseph moved to California and started working as a plumber. In 1976, he met a lady named Maria, who was a waitress in Los Angeles. Now, Joseph was a regular at the restaurant and caught the attention of Maria because he would pay his and his friends drinks, like the bills, like with $100 bills. Mm-hmm. So she was like, ooh, money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which now is like $500. So, like, he's paying with $100 bills, which would be... And he his- was a plumber? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Maria... Just so happened also to be a Hungarian immigrant that oh. left at the, after the Soviet Union's invasion. Um, and she was also going through a pretty messy divorce at the time, too. Hmm. She was emotionally and physically abused by her father as a child. Oh. So it just breaks my heart to know that she met another guy. abuser. But isn't that, you say it's a pattern. Cycle. Yep. It's a horrible, horrible cycle. It is. So, they do become the eye of each other's affection and sometimes ended up talking for hours on end. Mm -hmm. The two ended up marrying only a year later in 1977, and the couple's only daughter, Judith, was born soon after. This is also the time um, when the family was struggling financially and they lived on welfare in a small apartment. Now, this is really where our story begins, you know. Right. Um, Judith Eva Barcy was born on June 6, 1978 in Los Angeles, California. So, I probably know exactly who this is. Oh, she is a beautiful little girl. You're going to die when I tell you what uh, she was in. You're going to die. I'm trying. My brain's trying to Maria started teaching Judith at a young age and tried to groom her into the actress life because Maria was so starstruck by it and she was just drawn to it so she started teaching her posture and poise from a very young age and proper speaking etiquette and people told maria that she was wasting her time like even her i think her brother or something was like you're like there's like a one in a million chance that judith's gonna make it don't come for me let me do Hmm." but she was very much still guiding her towards acting 
Um, and Judith was actually discovered at an ice skating rink when she was only five years old. Oh, wow. There just so happened to be a crew filming, like, a commercial or something at the skating rink and noticed Judith gliding around on the ice so easily and invited her to join the commercial. Another thing that jumped out to them was her size. Like, even though Judith was five years old, she more she looked more like three to three and a half. Like, she was teeny tiny. tiny. Um, and this was in 1983. Aww. So, the first commercial she ever did was the Donald Duck orange juice commercial. The kids still love Donald Duck orange juice. Yes. They don't sell it in Albany where usually, but anytime we go into West, they get so jazzed when they yes. see Yes. So, her yes. career only went up from there. Um, after only one visit, she was signed on immediately to Harry Golden Associates Talent Agency. Um, and he, she booked 70-ish commercials, such as the Orange Juice commercial, Jeff Peanut Butter, Campbell's Tomato Soup, and even McDonald's. Like, this was all in her wow. short lifetime. She you booked over girl. 70 I can't wait to find out who it was. This is killing me. A year later, she would land her first role in the NBC uh, miniseries called Fatal Vision. And this was Judith's big break for realsies. But I am going to briefly tell you about the show because it's freaky as hell. Like, it's giving me chills. It was a miniseries? Yes. I bet my mom was into it. What year? No, 19, was it 1983, 84, something like She's that? She's liable to have it taped. She had all these tapes of, like, miniseries, Dances with Wolves, so some Elvis ones. Well, this one is Fatal Vision, um, and is it about a retiree, retiree? Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't specifically say what, but it something I do with the legal system, like a cop or, you know, lawyer or something. That's right. Um, this executive. Who spends nine years trying to prove that his son-in-law, who was a Green Beret Army doctor, killed his pregnant wife and his two daughters. The guy is convicted of the murders, and Judith plays one of these daughters, Kimberly McDonald. Uh, I'm not going to say any more, but you'll connect it later on. That's a heavy. That's a heavy role for yeah. a young girl. Yikes. So, uh, thanks to all this work, though, Judith had a pay increase in 1985 to a hundred thousand dollars a year from shows and commercials. Dang, that was Zero Storm, by the way. Shout out. Well, that would be two hundred and twenty-nine thousand dollars now. Dang, um, which allowed the family to buy a three-bedroom house at two two one zero zero. I don't know how to say that number. 22100? 221002100? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I would just say it out. You did good. I would have just said it out. Okay. 221000. Um, McCall Street in Canoga Park neighborhood at the western edge of the San Fernando. Fernando? Fernando. San Fernando Valley. I want to go to California. We Me had a too. trip planned when COVID got really bad, and we had to cancel. Um, a, but yeah, we were going to go to LA. I was love to go. I know. Delta was. Let me just say this: Delta. It took them a long time, but they did give us our money back. But it took them a long time. Mm. Mm. Well, this is where we're going to get into. I'm going to tell you what she's in. I'm about to cry right now. I will cry. I'm about to cry. The suspense. So, during her entire career, which was only about four years long, she acted in various shows and movies, such as Cheers, Jaws, Revenge, 
She was the voice of Ducky from The Land Before Time. Okay, so I'm about to cry. I'm not kidding. That was my favorite. And she was the little girl Anne Marie from All Dogs Go to Heaven. That's my favorite. That was that movie. That was my jam. I watched all the time. I had on tape. Yeah. So she was that little girl. I'm literally crying. What does her face look like? Do we ever gonna know? Yeah, you'll know. Alyssa, oh my god. I've watched that movie like a million times. I always thought how sweet she was and like her little giggle and it just breaks Mark to know like how this story turns out. And like what she was going through all this time. Like it's horrible. Oh, Alyssa. Uh, yeah, I knew. I was gonna Tell cry. me her name. Judith. Barcy. Barcy. Super cute little girl. Like I had mentioned before, directors were drawn in by Judith's small size and it helped her play younger roles. Which, of course, is always helpful to have somebody who's older and a little bit more understanding of verbal commands, but they're also able to play younger roles. You know, it makes it easier for, like, a... for sure. You know, yeah. So, at 10, Judith was able to play, like, seven and eight-year-olds. And speaking of her size, at the time of her death, Judith was was only three foot eight inches tall, and she was actually having to take hormone growth injections. Like, she was teeny tiny. So, even with Judith's busy schedule, Maria tried to keep things fairly normal for her daughter. Um, Judith did go to school almost all the time, unless she was, like, absolutely necessarily, like, had to miss for filming or something. Um, And Maria brought her lunch every day and encouraged her to play board games and ride her bike, learn to knit, you know, things normal kids her age did during that time. She was on Punky Brewster. Yeah. She's on all these things. Like, she, I think I mentioned that later on, too. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. I busted you out. You're good, girl. All right, go. So, Maria and Judith would always get so excited to watch a new commercial or show that Judith was in. And so, the two would pop popcorn and, like, run and plop down on the couch to watch the TV together. And even though Judith was working and in the spotlight all the time, she always was said to be happy and bubbly. That is until 1985. So, remember, that is the year that Judith got her huge pay raise and their family was able to buy the house and all the, like, it's supposed to be a good thing for the family. Um, But it's also the year that things start going downhill for the Barsies. Uh, Joseph felt pressure to work harder the more Judith worked. So I guess he like felt like a bum loser because this seven-year-old was supporting him and making like way more than he was. Yeah. Which typically, yeah, like if your kids are having to work, like it looks bad on you. But like if they're famous. I'm sorry. But anybody even want to discover my kids. Well, I was about to say, like most, celebrity, like, most child celebrity parents do not work normal jobs. Like, no, if they were working jobs, I was like, if they're working jobs, it's like their kid's manager. And because right. their kids are bringing, like, six figures home, like, are you kidding? And you gotta be there for them, you know? Why would, yeah, why would you be working a normal job? That would be goosey. But, like, I I guess he felt shitty or jealous or something. Because jealous he, yeah. probably well, what it was, he started, he like, a mm-hmm. real boot. Oh, he is. Well, he started drinking again, and due to the stress that he put on himself. So, he was reportedly arrested on three separate occasions for driving under the influence, and he started to take his anger out on Maria and Judith like he did his previous wife and children. Leave him, woman. 
Well, one of the first things this weirdo did when they bought their home was put a tall, spiked iron fence around the house. Oh. And neighbors of the Barcy said Judith and Maria were extremely close. Um, and Judith was, like, never not with Maria. Like, they right. were always together. No. Which means that Judith was never left alone with her father. Her yeah. father. Um, they, exactly. And they also started noticing, like, some weird behavior that, like, jo Joseph exhibited. Like, they noticed that he was not the guy that everyone thought he was. And, um, like, he never left the house unless he was going to work. Like, he was always at the house. Mm -hmm. uh, he was never social like Maria and Judith, like, they always like to speak, and they're bubbly yeah. and happy, and he was like, gets out the car, runs in the house, locks the door. Weird, mm. and like, just recluse. A loser. In 1986, when he start, he starts physically abusing Maria and Judith, one threat he made was showing Maria some gasoline and telling her that he would burn the house down if she tried to leave with Judith. So they frequently, oh, wow. yes, they often had violent screaming matches. Um, June 8th, 1986, Judith celebrates her 8th birthday at a bowling alley with her mom and some friends from school. Um, allegedly, Maria told a friend at the party that Joseph was missing because he was at home drinking. Like, So he didn't even go to his own little girl's birthday party. Hmm. Which is horrible. What a, yeah. He sucks. I can already tell. I can just tell. Right. Well, mm -hmm. while all of this is happening, Judith is still acting. She's also in the public eye. Like, she's famous. So, right. in 1986, she lands a role in Punky Brewster as okay. Anna. And appeared in Trapper John, MD, and the... I don't know if it's a miniseries or what, Cheers or something. Oh, Cheers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was like basically the Seinfeld of... Okay. That, that um, time, well, the 80s. She was also approached to voice in Don Bluth's, Bluth's new animated right. film. Now, um, I don't know which one this was, but he was the creator of all the Land for Time. He mm -hmm. was the creator of The Secret Nim. Did you ever watch that movie? Oh, yeah. Loved that. that was good. And um, mm -hmm. All Dogs Go to Heaven. That, like, he created all those. I did not know you loved All Dogs, all dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. It's my oh, and all the puppies eating the pizza when they bring Stop all the Stop it. It's my favorite part. Such a beautiful movie. I love it. I didn't like the second one. Me I don't too. like many sequels. Me neither, but, but I, I like, like that one too. One. Yes, okay. We'll um, watch it together. We should. Under vacation week, we're watching All Dogs Go to Heaven. Okay. And we will cry and we will celebrate Judith's beautiful little life. Yes. Oh, I'll tell you a heartbreaking thing at the end of that movie, too. Okay. So, anywho's, um, Judith would be doing these amazing things in her career, but then behind the scenes, her father was always casting a dark shadow over her. A few days before Christmas that year, Maria actually filed a police report claiming that Joseph punched her in the face and tried strangling her. Golly. But police say they didn't find any evidence of the abuse what? and Maria decided not to press charges. Sounds like it's escalating is what this um, sounds like. Yes. Escalation. Thank you. I'm glad everybody but the police see it. So stupid. Question mark? Oh. So Judith's friends were all scared of Joseph too. Um, One of her friends went over to see if Judith was home one day and Joseph answered the door and said, quote, oh, that little ass, she went to a photo shoot, end quote. Uh, he wouldn't call me a little ass, nor my he, kid. I'll say he referred to his child as a little ass. Mm -mm. 
Peanut butter and jelly. So, another incident that directly involved Judith, it's kind of hard to hear, so a trigger warning because it talks of child abuse, mm. was when the family was hosting a party at their home and Judith stepped into the kitchen to get a drink. And Judith followed her in there and grabbed her by her ponytail and slammed her into the floor. All because he didn't like the attention that she was getting from the guests. Excuse me? He was just a jealous asshole. That sucks. The very next day, though, he went out and bought Judith a pink TV set so he could apologize. Oh. Yeah, he's one of those jerks. I would like to kick this guy in. Well, in early 1987, Judith earned a supporting role in a huge Hollywood film, Jaws the Revenge. I remember her in Jaws. So, this is a very, very big deal, and she was super excited about it. The filming Mm -hmm. was in the Bahamas. Yep. So, she's packing her suitcase, and she's getting ready. Like, she's so freaking excited, and she starts hearing Joseph, her father, approach from behind. Oh, gosh. He closed the bedroom door behind him and pulled out a kitchen knife on his child. He put it to her throat. An eight-year-old child. And said that if they decided not to come back after filming, he would cut both of their throats. No. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Melissa. What is she? That is sick. That is so sick. Like, she's like an eight or nine-year-old right now. And he's, like, holding a knife to her throat. Poor baby. Well, during the two months of filming, Maria and Judith enjoyed each other's company. They had this amazing opportunity in front of them. They were away from Joseph. When they weren't filming, they were spending the days on the beach and enjoying the summer weather. During filming, though, Maria actually admitted to another stage mom that she was scared to go home. So, like, she started talking about it more, and she was constantly telling others how scared and frightful she was of her husband and what he could and might do to her and her child. Mm -hmm. It actually got to the point that other people almost didn't even, like, believe her. Like, they just thought she was just, like, talking about it. Like, it was just weird. Yeah. Well, this time, Judith also started a scrapbook about her filming adventures and stayed quiet about the abuse that she endured at home. scrapbook? Oh. Yeah, like, there was one that was a picture of her and her mom, and she labeled it, like, me and mom at the Bahamas or something, like, behind the scenes of Jaws, or, you know, something, like, cute like that. (laughs) And when filming wrapped up, they flew to New York to visit Maria's brother. Well, one night, Joseph called and asked to speak to Judith during their visit, and her uncle overheard Joseph say, remember what I told you. Uh-uh. After that, Judith was said to have been very terrified and started crying hysterically, and Maria decided to cut their trip short and fly back to California the next day. Ew. Yeah. This guy is horrible. So, apparently sometime after this, um, in 1988, Joseph meets another woman and starts showering her with expensive gifts and all of his love and affection. And Maria tells her niece over the phone once that she hoped she was, like, she was hiring a lawyer so she could file a divorce. Yeah. And a neighbor even offered once for Maria and Judith to stay with her, but Maria declined the offer. Mm. In May of 1988, Maria rented an apartment in Panorama City to get away from her violent husband, who is still threatening to kill both Maria and Judith on, like, a daily basis. 
And this caused Judith's personality to change. And it was said she showed signs of distress, which is like, I'm about to tell you, it's going to like just rip your heart and stomp on it. Mm, Judith <laughs> started plucking at her own eyelashes and even started picking at her cat's whiskers to cope with the abuse that she endured at home. And Ruth Hansen, Judith's agent, said that she noticed a change in Judith as well. She said that once that she was in, at an audition, Judith broke down into tears and was so hysterical that she couldn't even speak. Mm. And at the All Dogs Go to Heaven audition, her nose started to bleed. And this was, they thought, like, from, like, physical abuse that she endured at home. Like, she just started, like, her nose started bleeding. Aww. And then she played that little girl on Auto's Gonna Heaven. Who was an life orphan. Was so, oh. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think I mentioned that at the end of this episode. That, like, she stars in a lot of, like, awful shit. That's, oh. Like, that's Fatal so. Vision that she gets killed yeah. by her father. Right. And, a little bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, a little scary if you ask me. So after Ruth's suggestion, Maria reluctantly takes Judith to a child psychologist. And after one session with the psychologist, Judith was reported as an abused child to authorities. Child Protected Services started an investigation on the Barcy home. But unfortunately... Like we see so many times, her caseworker was already working 67 cases. That was 27 more than the full caseload. She oh, was overloaded. Please. May 18th, 1988, Judith was able to watch herself on TV for one last time before her death. She was in an episode of Saint Elsewhere, a TV show, and the episode was called The Abby Singer Show. She played a little girl named Debbie Oppenheimer, and in this scene... I'm getting chills. Judith closed her eyes and said, quote, I wish Daddy would stop shouting at Mommy, and I wish Mommy and I could have dinner together every night, and I wish we could all live together, end quote, mm-hmm. in response to someone asking what her three wishes would be if she had them. Oh, son. I didn't think I was going to cry this much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's very... This is heavy. So... Abuse children always, like, make me cry. I know. Like, cases like this, like, are horrible. I don't think I'm really, I'm going to do a child case for a long time. This is awful. Yeah. Um, so, throughout my research and all the things that Judith did in her short career, like I just said, it was a lot of mature shows. Yeah. She was in a lot of mature roles. And she always seemed to play a little girl with a troubled home life. And sadly, it wasn't any different than her actual home life. So she wasn't even having to act because she experienced this all the time. Yeah. Well, Maria stopped cleaning the house in hopes that it would run Joseph away for good. She was trying to do everything. And in a video I watched on the case, Aggie, Joseph's oldest daughter, was speaking on this. And apparently... He still saw them. I didn't know that he still mm-hmm. had cut. Like, he was seeing Aggie and Barna, but apparently he was. Um, yeah. I didn't get much clarity on that. But she said the first thing that she said when she saw the home was, like, let's clean it up. And Maria's response was, quote, no, no, it will run Joseph out of the house. It's going to drive him crazy, end quote. And Aggie recalls the house being a pigsty. Like, it was horrible. Mm. One evening, Judith was visiting a couple that was the like, friends of the family, and mentioned to them that she was afraid to go home and, quote, 
my daddy is drunk every day and I know he wants to kill my mother, end quote. Can you imagine a kid saying that to you? And then, like, allowing the child to go home? Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Like, there's so many telltale signs here and, like, it still wasn't enough. Somebody should have went across that line and done something. So... It was also reported that Maria told a close friend that she didn't want to go into hiding because she would have to give up Judith's career and everything they had been working for Judith's entire life. And listen, I know, like, my first thought was, what do you mean? Like, screw her acting career. Her life is more important. And this guy's a human. Like, I I could wreck him. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I also don't know if it was just that you know like i've watched plenty of interviews with battered women victims of domestic abuse doctor phil interviews all the things you know and their families you know shout out and it's not always as simple as leaving so i think she felt trapped too like which is a whole nother situation itself and something very 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 sad to think about but she i wish i could have talked to her and been like you have somewhere to go judith has a whole ass career that can support you both exactly leave what is he doing for you nothing sis let me help you pack your bags, you know. I was two, but I, I think, mean, I would have well, done what I could. I was two. I just really think it was more about, like, all the threats. Like, she was, I think she was scared for her life. Like, she was scared if she left, and she was scared if she stayed. Like, I think she was screwed. She felt screwed either way. Yeah. Um. So, June 6th, 1988, um... Judith was able to celebrate her 10th birthday. This was her last birthday that she was ever able to celebrate. Soon after, Maria visited the social worker and said she had started the divorce process. And she claimed everything was under control and they had plans to move out of the house and leave Joseph. This is when the Los Angeles Department of Child Services closed their investigation into the Barsies. Hmm. Goodness. July 10th, 1988, Joseph followed Maria as she was going to the apartment she had rented in Panorama City. Now, he had no idea about this. And he saw her carrying boxes in. He was creeping on her, watching uh-uh. her. She's carrying boxes and moving, and he confronts her. And she was like, I'm just helping a friend move. Like, this is a friend's apartment. I'm just helping her move. And a few days later, Aggie visited them again and said that she could tell how tense the vibes were in the house. Like, Yeah. It was intense. And she mm. could tell how scared Judith was. And this is when Maria told her that they weren't going to be moving out. She said if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Joseph leaving. Around the same time, Joseph was hanging out with a buddy named Peter Kevlin when he threatened to kill Maria. And that's when Peter said, you can't kill her, man. Like, if you kill her, what's going to happen to your little girl? Like, who's going to take care of her? And he said, well, Joseph said, quote, well, I'll got to kill her too, end quote. Oh, he told another human this. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This was around July 25th. Okay. Of 87? No, 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 no. This was July 10th, around July 10th of 88. 88. So this is a couple of weeks before she died. <laughs> July 25th, 1988, Judith was seen riding her bike around in the neighborhood that day. Yeah. And it was the last he, like last sighting of Judith ever alive. She had an appointment and at Hanna-Barbara Studios, which she missed that afternoon. And it was suspected that Joseph and Maria had been fighting, so that prevented from Judith being able to go. And it didn't specify that if this happened often enough, but uh, for them to immediately assume that 
there was a fight going on and she yeah. missed her appointment because of that. It yeah. must have happened quite often. Um, everything seemed quiet over at the Barcy home after the 25th. No one had reported seeing or hearing anything. There was no members of the family spot or anything. Until there was a loud explosion reported around 8.30 a.m. from the Barcy home on July 27th, 1998. A neighbor ended up telling the L.A. Times that, quote, My first thought as I ran to call 911 was, he's done it. He's killed them and he set a fire in the house. Hmm. Just like he said he was going to. Oh, my gosh. When police arrived arrived on the scene, they found Judith in her bed and Maria was found in the hall. Both had been killed a couple of days earlier by gunshot wounds. Oh, my God. Joseph had led his, like, so basically what happened was the 25th, he lets his family fall asleep. And he goes into Judith's room first, shoots Judith in the head. As he's turning around, walking out, Maria's running down the hallway because she hears the gunshot. And... He shoots her in the head. They struggle a little bit. She tries to fight him, but he ends up shooting her in the head. He's walking around this house alone for two days straight, just wandering around with their bodies. That's always, that always just kills me. Like, what? One of these nights, though, Ruth Hansen, the agent, actually calls Mm -hmm. while they're dead. No one knows they're dead, though. And he spoke with her saying that he was planning on leaving and just, quote, needed time saying goodbye to my little girl, end quote, after she was already dead. Oh, my gosh. Sick. The morning of July 27th, he doused the, their bodies in gasoline, the house on, in gasoline, set it on fire, went to the garage, and shot himself. Coward. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, police theorized that after Joseph saw Maria moving boxes into the apartment that he found out about the divorce and her plans on leaving him. Yeah. And so, he decided it was time to do what he had planned on doing. So, he was like, it's time to murder them. They're about to leave. If I can't be around them, nobody can. And um, cool. even the eldest daughter, Aggie, visited at home. You know, she said she could tell how Judith was so scared and that the environment was probably... You know, off the freaking chains days Aww. leading up to the incident. That's horrible. August 9th, Maria and Judith's bodies were buried beside each other in an unmarked grave. Now they lay in a forest lawn memorial park um, grave where fans got a grave marker for them in 2004. Judith marker, Judith's gravestone marker headstone whatever has the quote yip 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 which was the famous line of ducky yes i know ducky was my favorite you know the little green dino in land before time and this was actually released after her death in 1988 this film was um it was also said america's concrete angel on the headstone the whereabouts of joseph's remains are unknown and personally i don't care what they did with him they could have Maybe literally set him pain. on yeah rest in pain you demon yeah. i hope they set you on fire Just horrible things uh, horrible things are done to him every day now that's exactly what <laughs> i literally put i hope he's rotting in hell for what he did to that precious baby yeah so september 1988 only a couple months after the murder suicide la cps concludes that the barcy case was closed prematurely without a home inspection yeah obviously 
Wow, no shit. That no, wow, wow, too. thank you. Ugh. Snaps for figuring that out. Ugh, that sucks. Another depressing fact about this case is, like Land Before Time, some of Judith's most memorable and some of her most famous works she never got to see or share with her mother, like All Dogs Go to Heaven, which was her final production and aired a year after her death. Oh, The song... Love Survives at the End of All Dogs Go to Heaven is dedicated to Judith's memory. And Don Bluth, the director of both animated films, recalled Judith's excellent ability to follow verbal directions even in a very mature and sophisticated situations. Bluth said that he intended to feature her in future productions and he was very impressed with her. So, like, she was going to star in, like, all of his animated films from here on out. Like, he was obsessed with her. Like, she was awesome. Now, I'm going to hit you with some really quick rapid-fire facts about the case that I wanted to include about Mm -hmm. Judith and her family. I just didn't really know how to add them into the body of the case or the timeline. Right. So, um, the first depressing fact is Barna Barcy, Judith's half-brother, became an alcoholic, unfortunately, and committed suicide by jumping off a bridge in 1995. Aggie Barcy, the oldest daughter, ended up being diagnosed with breast cancer in 97, And she went on to write two self-help books about her battle with cancer and her remission before she passed away in 2008. Uh, That Campbell's commercial I was telling you about. Uh Yeah, Judith once said that she had to do too many takes of the commercial and she was never eating tomato soup again. And she never did. She never ate tomato soup again. Um, Her favorite role that she ever did was Ducky. I know, I love it. She was speaking fluent Hungarian at the time of her death at 10 years old. Wow. She loved cats and had five of them. Her IMDb page says that she was only 5.6 pounds at birth, so she was a little teensy girl. And Lance Guest, who played her father in the Jaws movie, was one of Judith's pallbearers. Now, that was the very tragic death of the up-and-coming child actress Judith Barcy and her mother, Maria, which was caused by sad, pitiful excuse as a human being. Yeah. Now, um, if before, you know, all the, all the things, uh, I do want to say that if you suspect child abuse in anything, please call the Child Abuse Hotline at 1-800-422-4453. Call them immediately. Um... It's so important. You, you don't want that, that baby's blood on your hands. And if you know about it and you don't do something, I couldn't live with it. I could not live with it. Verbal that. threats, even if you think they are backed by nothing, report them. If you them. can threaten a child, not even just your child. Or if you can threaten to do bodily harm to a child. There's something wrong there's with There's something you. wrong with you. Um, or if you or someone you know is suffering from domestic abuse... That scared the shit out of what? me. What? What <laughs> H was that? Somebody's at the window. They're about to and I don't like this. It's hands. dark out. Quit. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this. I, don't want I hate it. Y'all better go away. If you or someone you know is suffering from domestic abuse, call the Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. And I'm going to leave y'all a poem that was read as part of Judith's eulogy. The poem is A Child of Mine from Edgar Albert Guest. 
But should the angels call for her much sooner than we've planned, we'll brave the bitter grief that comes and try to understand. Now, my sources are Wikipedia, allthatsinteresting.com, mirror.co, laurieajohnston.medium.com, the famous people, real life villains, IMDb, and a YouTube video that I will link um, in the show notes below. So, I'm keeping that torture in there, you know, of us. Um, tr- yeah, keep it in because don't ever come up on when it's dark outside. Come up on somebody. I window. literally had a heart attack. They like, were scraping something against the window. I don't like that. Alyssa, Alyssa the fear in Alyssa's eyes. I've never seen her scared before. But see, no, I was scared. Like I'm about to get kit snapped. Ain't no jokes. They gonna get me in my own house? Hell no! <laughs> <I'll> go, <laughs> hell no! I will go get my gun, sister. I got you. Taking heat. Okay. So, anyways, thank you guys for listening. Yes. We Um, love you all. Thanks for coming back. Our listeners, we were up to like 45. Yeah. We're, thank you guys for listening. I had a really exciting thing. So, our um, United States thing dropped down to 95% of our views, but that's because our Canada one was above 1%, but then dropped down to less than 1% again. Which means that the thing is, is because more people in the United States are listening. So, like, which is good. More people need to listen. But I was really excited we had a 1% for just a teensy second there. In Canada, don't you reckon it was probably because of Ken and Barbie? Uh, that went up to 92 views. Listens. Listens. That went up, yeah, a lot. It's like our fifth most listened. Carla Hamolka, I hope you listened. Yeah, you, you crunch piece bag. of crap. Yeah, and I hope that you you die horribly. Demons live forever, though, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, out there raising her kids. She's sick. How did I? How do you even? Why? Why do you think you even deserve children? Right. How in the hell did she even? Like what? How did she get somebody to marry her? Number one. What are your What are your children thinking about you? Honestly, do they know that you like murdered your own fifteen year old sister? Can you imagine abused her? being that child and one day finding out what she did? Horrified. I hate that woman, y'all. I know. Like, you know, this is like maybe the fifth rant about Carla Hamolka, but I hate her guts. She's horrible. Anyways. The children are screaming. They're peeping in. People are trying to make me piss my pants. So, follow us on the Instagram to check out all the photos. At Your Nature Pod. Join our 500 members and plus on Facebook. Your Nature Podcast. We have a TikTok. We love that thing. Yeah, baby. At Your Nature Pod. Um, Send us a Yahoo mail. Case suggestions. Customers critiques. All the customers critiques. (laughs) Yes. Pod at yahoo.com. And you better spread that word like wildflower baby and rate, review, subscribe and on all the platforms. Here we Please review us. We love reviews. And, and we love you all. And tune in every Tuesday at midnight or later to hear our beautiful voices on the on the other side of the tube. The tube? I like that. Thank you. Okay. So we guys will catch you on the flip side. Peace.